0: Tuning into the PropTech Revolution with Johan and Simon. Through this podcast series, we will seek to better inform our listeners about the latest and greatest as it relates to IoT in the built environment. If there's a subject you would appreciate us touching upon, please don't hesitate to reach out and we will do our very best to give you our two cents. On today's episode, we will dis- be discussing how IoT is <sighs> disrupting stagnant industries such as the PropTech industry. The prop tech industry is full of legacy systems managed by large conglomerates, primarily based with old technologies that have seen very little change in innovation over the last 20 years. Johan, maybe you can share with us some nuts and bolts of the old systems, and then we can dip- differentiate that from the new technologies that IoT is bringing to the market.
1: Sure, Simon. Thank you. So when we talk about the prop tech industry with regards to the old technology we mean the sensing systems used to detect water leaks and energy management and all of these types of um, legacy systems. Now, if you think back, where all of the stuff comes from is is primarily uh, wired sensors that's installed in, in buildings, or uh, a bit more advanced systems is the wireless systems based on the LSM band or scientific a medical license band so 433 megahertz or 915 megahertz point-to-point communication but it was very limited and extremely power hungry making the applications practically unfeasible right. so that's what we're talking about yeah
0: okay and so um when you look at at those old systems the, the legacy uh, stuff and and you compare that to you know what what we're bringing to market today, and and what you know we seem to see that is, is disrupting the uh, the evolution of of the property management property technology, uh, basically the prop tech uh, industry. Um, maybe you can share with us how IoT and and uh, wireless sensing devices and LP WANs are are being designed, built, and, and how that's going to be different from from the legacy uh, systems that, that you've just referred to.
1: Sure. So I mean, you mentioned one of the keywords, then. That's LPWAN, um, which is a key differentiator in the new industry with regards to IoT. Now, for those that don't know, IoT stands for the Internet of Things, and it's effectively the, the science, or I'd like to call it the art of connecting inanimate objects to the internet. Um, and it, it really comes down to the fact that in, in modern times it's extremely easy with a battery-powered device to almost monitor, almost sense anything. Where with previous legacy systems, the same concept applied. You had a sensor, you had a power source, and you had some sort of way of communicating. But with the newer technologies like LPWAN, um, Sigfox, LoRa, NBIOT, iot and sometimes even satellite, Doing so in a, in a practical way with battery lives of 5 to 10 to 15 years is all of a sudden achievable at a, a sustainable rate. So if you think about it, a legacy um, system for, for leak detection, for instance, in the building where it was a completely wired system, you had the labor component, you had the, the headache of installation of regards to not only is it done right, but is it done neatly? Is it an eyesore? Is it um, time intensive? Do you need to book time off? Do you need to disrupt the tenant? Um, all the, the commercial property and things like that, where these sort of battery powered systems that's wireless allows you to save dramatically on installation time on headaches and your deployment and adoption of this technology is made so much easier. So. Yeah, it's definitely a game changer.
0: Agreed. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I mean, on that note, uh, you know, we've seen and the market continues to see quite a bit of, of energy being deployed towards different solutions that are, are only taking traction in, in the prop tech industry. I mean, from your perspective, you know, we we've seen HVAC, electrical, water. Uh, and even uh, health and safety, presence detection. What, what do you think the first uh, major initiatives will be as it relates to, to the prop tech industry and IoT? And what have you seen so far? I mean, there's, it's been around for, for, for some time now. IoT's been around for some time. And, and WANs such as Laura and, and you know, NBIOT and others, have been around for some time. So what, what, do you, what have you seen get implemented in in the uh, in buildings? And what do you see uh, as the up- upcoming technologies that are going to be implemented in buildings?
1: Sure. So, I mean, we, we briefly touched on the fact that, that some of the sensors in legacy systems are made for water. And from a quarry point of view, over the last three or four years, that's definitely been the highlight as a complete water management system, not only from a a water saving point of view, but from a damage mitigation point of view, because it's nice for, for as a green initiative to say we're going to save so much water. But the reality is for landlords and for property owners, they worried about water loss, but they far more worried about the damage that water leaks and, and pipe bursts and things could, could cost. So the adoption of this type of technology to help them um, detect leaks sooner um, is invaluable with regards to saving them in the long run with regards to insurance and claims and disruption. And even some of the, the, the added benefits of having these sort of systems, I mean the the simplest solution is is if one of these leak sensors that's installed in every single flat or unit or office in a high-rise building is temperature um, enabled ambient temperature, you natively with the same solution get an entire temperature monitoring system in each unit or in each office where that helps starts giving you big data or insights into the environmental impacts or environmental um, situation in the building. So HVAC, um, is their doors open, is their windows open? And you can start drawing efficiency graphs and, and curves out of your HVAC is on for so long. And it took X amount of time before you start seeing the change in the, the furthest unit away from the, from the HVAC system, just as a, as a argument sake. As an example. So, there is definitely other advantages to rolling out this type of a technology, and some of it is, is unknown to us. I mean, some of the, the, the finer details of uh, viewing a building as a holistic digital twin effectively is that you get insights holistically that you otherwise wouldn't have gained by just looking at specific verticals for, for that purpose alone.
0: Right, right. That's. I agree with you. I mean, the, the uh, aggregates uh, are often uh, missed or forgotten about, such as, you know, temperature sensing in, in the same solution that you're getting, leak detection. And, uh, you know, the information and what you can do with that information that comes out of these devices can be very valuable to, to future proofing buildings. You know, for example, uh, most multi-residential properties don't have temperature, ambient temperature sensing uh, capabilities in the units, and so it's a great, great add-on, you know, at no extra cost to to provide that that kind of insight to the maintenance team, to the property management team, to to whomever, uh, and even eventually connect to the you know HVAC system. So um, I mean, one thing that that I think we will we would both agree on is that. LP WANs have really made IoT what it is today, and so maybe you can touch upon how does, how does LP WAN work in, in a building, and uh, what you need to know about LP WANs, and uh, yeah, just give us some, some insight around, around that, because that's really the backbone of, of any sensing capability that we'll see, we'll see in the buildings as it relates to, to the prop tech industry.
1: Definitely. So I think we first need to just briefly cover where, where the technology comes from and why it's different to, to legacy systems. Now, these days when, when you hear IoT and 5G, you immediately think smart devices like the Nest thermostats and things like that. Now, although the Nest is a smart device and it technically cap- or complies to the definition of IoT, those devices run on legacy systems like Wi-Fi, or, or Bluetooth, or even GSM or LTE. And that is not the core enabling technology of what we discussed here with regards to LPWAN. LPWAN is, I always like to joke, as the opposite of 5G, where 5G is high throughput, low latency um, speed. LPWAN is effectively zero G. It's high latency, ultra long range, slow communication. And it has its place in the market, clearly defined, and that's why we're seeing the uptake of LPWAN technology, because going very slow, very long-range type, very small amounts of data, actually allows you to work on battery for much longer periods of time, which makes the entire system more practical. If you talk about the technology itself, there is, we can talk about this for a very long time, but effectively, the the modulation used for different LPWAN technologies, whether it's Sigfox, um, LoRa, Beartec, there's a whole, I can count hundreds of these th- competing technologies, but they all basically comply to the same principle, and that is that it's an extremely narrow band technology that has good penetration due to the frequency selected in the 915 or in the 433 or in the 868 megahertz bands around the world. So you get good reliability through these networks. And then there is certain nuances and advantages to picking one network over the other. And there's no best network. Every single one of them has got their own unique use case, which they purposely made for and should be used for. So we like to joke that we're not fanboys of anything specifically, although we like um, certain aspects of certain systems and things like that. But you have to appreciate and respect that each one of these technologies is best suited for a specific use case
0: agreed agreed that's um, that's a very good point i, I agree that uh, you know they, they all have their unique abilities and it's important to highlight them as it relates to to the, the proper use case and and what you're you're trying to deploy or what you're trying to do um, as part of your iot initiative uh, whether that's an endpoint solution or that's an entire property deployment or, or portfolio deployment for that matter?
1: Well, I mean, you have a very good point there. And and I think that is that is the, the classic trap that a lot of these companies fell short on when it came to technology integrations, because if you dealt with somebody that that's, um, wasn't agnostic in terms of what technology they could use, for the different applications, you would you would sort of be stuck with a company trying to force whatever they had available into the application. In other words, trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Um, okay. So having that ability and having the, the transparency to know that the supplier or the vendor that you're using has the capability of selecting whatever best frequency and best technology for your application is, is worth quite a lot. Agreed. Yeah, I totally agree with you.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting um, to say the least. I mean, it's an interesting venture that we're embarking on as it relates to to IoT, and um, I, I'm I'm curious to see what what comes out of, of uh, IoT over the next five years, uh, and and what property owners and managers perceive as the most valuable. Uh, solutions for their clients, for themselves. I mean, one that, that seems to be top uh, top of mind right now, and that we've seen some some decent decent surveys on is is condo owners in uh, in the multi-res space liking the concept of having smart locks, which again will be based on on um, you know on the same kind of LPWAN technologies. And so uh, I think there's a lot of a lot of market opportunities that are going to flourish from this this prop tech business, and 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 quite of quite a few players too. There's there's, you know, when you look at the the, the roadmap and and uh, how all these different vendors came about and and where they are in the market and how this is growing, you can clearly see that there's there's a uh, it's a very fragmented market. A lot of different companies and individuals are trying to build their own proprietary systems, and, and it's very hard to define what is, what is quality versus uh, what is not quality, what is going to take off, what is not going to take off, which vendor to back and which not to back, and I mean, I think that um, those are all topics that we can uh, continue to explore over, over this, uh, this podcast as we, we continue to di- deep dive into, into the prop tech industry. I mean the 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 only other thing that I, I was I was thinking could be a, a value to our listeners today is maybe you can share a, a bit about how batteries have also came a long way and, and has, has made this a successful IOT product as you mentioned earlier that can last five, 10, 15 years because that's another big big element to to this IOT business is. You know how long are those batteries going to last, and uh, what's the maintenance cost and the life cycle cost around, you know, installing all these batteries and, and, you know, replacing the batteries, I should say, into those products uh, when they go, you know, they die in a couple of years. So maybe you can share a bit on, on on the battery aspect of things and what you see the evolution uh,
1: being and where it's going to go. So yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's a valid point. The 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 whole onset of LP LPWAN and IoT, which effectively started back in 2015, more or less, there's really when the phrase was 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 coined. Um, the the advancement that happened in the radio industry and with regards to this long-range technology has been uh, it's an age-old pursuit for a lot of companies. Um, but the the issue was the long-range communication came at a cost of energy, and the technology for the batteries just wasn't there. You sort of had and people still have that mindset of the only batteries you really get is your alkaline batteries that you buy, your AA batteries or your rechargeable batteries which only last so many charges. But a lot of people don't know that there's a separate line of batteries called what we call primary cells which is similar to your AA batteries but it's actually an industrial grade battery with a different chemistry and that industry has made strides in the last 10 years with regards to how much energy density they can pack into a single AA cell. And it's just so lucky for, for anybody adopting IoT and LPWAN at the moment that all these technologies have sort of started to mature at the same time to get to a point where we can now offer devices that last 5, 10, 15 years, depending on the use case and the application. And it's sort of self-explanatory. If you take AA batteries and you install it in the device, call it a smoke detector, and the smoke detector goes off once a day it's going to be a question of of weeks and you have to replace batteries now if you're lucky enough to be a handy person or lucky enough to be a handy person you can do that yourself fairly easily but when you start looking at commercial rollouts like a multi-res company for uh, or building where the landlord is, is responsible for this it's impractical to try and put a schedule in place where they have to enter the building once a year um, disturb all the tenants to replace batteries in three or four devices installed in each unit. Mm-hmm. Where you run, let's say, at five-year intervals, it becomes just a much more feasible because all of a sudden, if you look at the average rate of a tenant in a unit, you can start scheduling battery changes with a tenant change instead of disrupting the tenant. So nobody is the wiser as to when the batteries actually get changed. and more so to the point you you can do a bit of planned maintenance i mean all of these devices are smart enough to tell you when their batteries are starting to go low and, and when they're going to die and you know from that point forward that you still have like six or seven months left when you got that warning so you can be proactive and plan um, for the next battery change so there's a lot of advantages that's been gained by the battery um, technology increases in the last few years and that is the direct impact on the operating cost of these systems from a practical and from a business point of view.
0: Well, thank you. I, I think that um, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think that's very obvious, very clear. That it, it's um, not only is the, the 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 way to go, but it's also what's going to help this this uh, business scale. Is you got two things going for you, you got wireless devices that work on these LP WANs, and you got batteries, uh, which I'll call horsepower, in these devices that can really take you to the next level and, and make it last 5, 10, 15 years, which then you know ultimately reduces the maintenance costs and starts to make a lot of sense financially to, to deploy these solutions. Definitely. So, thanks, Johan. So, folks, this uh, this wraps it up for us today. Thank you all for tuning in to the Prop Deck Revolution. And uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks for another episode with Johan and Simon. If you find our topics interesting or you wish to discuss any of them with us privately, please don't hesitate to reach us at 1-855-PROPTEK. That's 1-855-PROPTEK. Thank you.